From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the CQ Budget Podcast. I am your guest host this week, Jennifer Shutt, and joining me again is the great appropriations reporter, Kelly Madrick. Thank you, Jen. We are here to talk about the next three weeks of everyone's lives in Washington, which will include this conference committee. It is bipartisan. It is bicameral. It is filled with appropriators, which we are very excited about. And hopefully they'll be able to reach an agreement on this fiscal 2019 Homeland Security spending bill, wrap it up in a package with the other six remaining bills, send it to Trump's desk, get it signed, and we can all move on to fiscal 2020. (laughs) Kelly? What are your thoughts on that actually happening? Yeah, I, f- I found it kind of remarkable this weekend on the Sunday talk shows that was just a host of people talking about how, you know, we're not going to have another shutdown. So then the question is, is the president going to declare an emergency? Are appropriators going to come to agreement? Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia was a great example of someone who just said, you know, I feel like we can do this within the time that we have, but... You know, at the same time, the best outcome is to keep the government funded. So we need to talk to people that understand on the front lines and also professionals that can kind of be a deal maker, if you will, help us find the right path. Joe Manchin, just want to add, was the only Democrat to support Republicans' proposal through President Donald Trump to fund the government. So I feel like what we just went through in 35 days... Um, with Republicans, Democrats, and the president, complete loggerheads over border security, boiling down into this almost semantic argument about whether or not we could negotiate over the wall while the government was shut down. You know, we are back exactly where we started, which is a three-week continuing resolution. The only difference is the date changed slightly from February 8th to February 15th, and Democrats are pretty widely against the border wall still. And Republicans are pretty full-throatedly endorsing the border wall still. So, you know, this is going to be 15 days of uh, spirited debate, I suppose. But at the same time, you know, it's the same exact thing that uh, the American people are now looking to the Congress to do. Fund the government and deal with this wall controversy. And one of the things that I think is going to be pretty crucial going forward and one of the, the stumbling blocks that I think we sort of experienced during the shutdown is that we don't really know what President Trump wants in terms of a final proposal. We've heard he originally asked for 1.6. During the shutdown, he repeated that $5.7 billion number a lot. But one of the comments that he made during the Rose Garden announcement last Friday when he said that he would sign the stopgap spending bill was that he wants a fair legislative solution from Congress. We don't yet know what fair means to him right now or what fair could mean to him in the end. Uh, But Kelly, could you just set us up with the process of what this conference committee is going to go through for the next couple of weeks? Sure. And I just don't think, just to add a little bit to that, I don't think you can discount what a learning curve the president is under because he started his presidency with a fully Republican-controlled Congress. And and journalists saw on Capitol Hill how the message was crafted in a way that was different than under divided government with President Barack Obama. And now that Democrats control the House, I, I just wonder, watching this as a reporter, is the Trump administration really prepared for a Democratic minority? Because there sure wasn't any discussion or or message uh, work or 
political work or legislative work around that for the past two years. So that's a big issue. But I think that on the process side, you know, we're going to see three weeks of basically talking. And it'll be mostly behind closed doors. There'll probably be one public meeting where everyone gets out their talking points, but then they're really going to be in private working out the details of this, right? They're probably going to convene a public meeting of the conference committee. There's there's some process requirements to convene a conference committee um, publicly. But again, yeah, this happens behind closed doors because lawmakers have to come up with an agreement among appropriators, and then they need to sell it to their caucus. And again, this wall issue is so divisive that 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 we are going to see another kind of partisan battle over this. And the question is, can the appropriators thread a needle between, you know, what is a flashpoint issue and what is an issue that everyone can agree on, which is we need to fund government programs that have been authorized and paid for by the taxpayers. And they should probably be funded on time. We're already late. So just going to watch a lot of kind of lawmakers going to and from votes, and we're going to have to talk to them about their meetings that they've had outside of the public eye most of the time. And then, yeah, the inevitable wait for this bill text drop of whatever agreement they come up with that probably will originate in the House, then it passes through the Senate, then it maybe goes to the president if all all works out. One of the things that I was sort of thinking about this weekend while trying to process the intense amount of information we got on Friday was that we... What a day, too. (sighs) Roger Stone indictment, then Democrats say, no, we're not going to unveil this border security plan. You know, they were going to do regular appropriations for fiscal 19, maybe show us what they had on the table. Um, And, you know, again, I'm just stuck with this Manchin quote where he said, you know, we had six bills that were done. They were done. They were done by unanimous consent almost, like, you know, that everybody believed in all of the six of the seven bills except for Homeland were done. So, again, it's like, all right, well, we have we have all of the other work kind of just waiting on the sidelines as as we look at this border security proposal. And one of the things that I was sort of thinking about is that we ended the shutdown almost exactly where we began it, just like you were saying, that clean stopgap spending bill that originally would have taken us to February 8th is now going to take us to February 15th. I'm really wondering if the way that this final conference committee wraps everything up is exactly how we began the fiscal 2019 process, which is when President Trump sent his budget request to the Hill asking for $1.6 billion for roughly 65 miles of what is quote-unquote pedestrian fencing in the Rio Grande Valley. The Senate Appropriations Committee, on a very bipartisan basis, wrote that into the spending bill that they're now trying to reach a final agreement on. But then everything changed last June when I'm sure as we all remember, during a meeting at the White House, President Trump just sort of picked that $5 billion number, what seemed to be out of the air. And that is when we got into this sort of stalemate of how much are we going to appropriate, what is going to be border security versus actual physical border barriers, call it whatever you want. So I think that's something we're definitely going to see. I'm really curious kind of where we land, because I think realistically you have to have some significant amount for barriers for this to be a bipartisan, bicameral process. And then I'm really curious to see where we land on that border security aspect of it. I personally would have loved to see the House Democrats proposal last Friday, but of course that got canceled. I would have also. I, I don't imagine that that's going to be postponed forever, although there was a Democratic aide that told me last week it was postponed indefinitely. One other thing that kind of stood out to me on this on this wall, fence, barrier, whatever, 
what a th- what a thing that Washington settled on barrier as the word that we're going to use, right? Like at the end of all of this debate, OMB director Mick Mulvaney also, you know, doing full court press on Sunday, coming up to everyone saying, hey, you know, now everyone agrees on a barrier. So let's talk about how much money for that barrier. It just comes down to the same thing, which is how did we get into this situation in the first place? And a lot of the senior appropriators were asked all weekend, what was the point of the shutdown? Well, most of them said absolutely nothing. And so I think that it really makes you kind of sit back and look at what happened and wonder, okay, how did how did a Republican-controlled Congress with a Republican president during a lame duck session decide that when the Democrats came and took over the House in January, that somehow a Republican-controlled Senate and a Republican president could work with a Democratic House to get more for a border wall. But again, it, the just the straight optics of these debates get hidden sometimes when we spend all this time arguing about a barrier, a wall, a fence, when the State of the Union is going to be going, whether or not the State of the Union can happen during a shutdown. And so I think that the key will be, can lawmakers focus on what is actually at debate here and not spend a bunch of time kind of arguing on the sidelines, as we saw happen for over a month. I think another interesting key here is whether or not appropriators on this conference committee are actually left alone. I feel like this is one of the talking points we've heard from certain members of congressional leadership before is that when left to their own devices, appropriators can come up with these bipartisan, bicameral agreements. It's just when members of leadership and the administration tend to get involved, things tend to get a bit more political than policy focused. And I'm thinking one of the areas where there it could potentially be some agreements is, of course, immigration court judges. These are mm-hmm. the people and the teams, the staff that goes along with those judges who essentially could be processing these asylum claims. We've been seeing so many people because of the the unrest and the insecurity in certain Central American and Southern America, South American countries. We've seen, you know, all of these people coming up and presenting themselves for asylum. There is a lot of debate about whether or not those people should remain in Mexico while their asylum claims are processed or should be allowed entry to the United States. And of course, while the, to speed up that claims process, you need more judges. I think that's somewhere we could see a lot of bipartisan agreement. Yeah. And I know that we're both really interested in this conference committee, um, you know, and, and the large amount of appropriators, you know, that are from not really from southern border states, but on the other hand, who are assigned to this conference committee. Um, on the other hand, very senior appropriator, Kay Granger of Texas, Republican, you know, who believes in the wall. So, you know, um, you know, she's she's said that she supports the president's um, idea of needing to secure the southern border. So we will have on on some level, Congress will have some some type of representation of the southern border interest. But at the same time, I think that we are going to see again. Uh, it, it's very kind of leadership heavy in terms of senior, senior level appropriations lawmakers on this conference committee. I think the question is, yeah, can they be left to their own devices or if they do end up funding this wall or whatever you want to call it, can Democrats, can they be OK with that in order to settle a debate or uh, is it still considered some kind of unable to be crossed uh, red line 
um, and then and then you fall back into this kind of debate about a wall or a fence or whatever. And, and I just think that a lot of people watching this both on and off the hill have a great deal of fatigue for kind of not arguing about the actual issue at hand. But of course, this homeland security debate has been raging for years. So, and this is another thing that when the Congress started, a lot of people looked just broadly from the top and thought, okay, immigration overhauls, immigration legislation has been some of the hardest, most, you know, um, entrenched battles on Capitol Hill have not been solved, have not had agreement. Now this is pegged to the appropriations debate. How are we going to get out of this? I have a lot of faith that we can get out of this. Appropriations Chairman Richard Shelby, Republican of Alabama, Senate Appropriations Ranking Member Patrick Leahy, Democrat of Vermont, House Appropriations Chairwoman Nita Lowy, Democrat of New York, and as you mentioned, House Appropriations Ranking Member Kay Granger, Republican of Texas. These are lawmakers who have been appropriators for a significant amount of time. And one of the things that I think is important to remember is that when Shelby and Leahy started this fiscal 2019 process, I mean, almost a full year ago, they had a sit down with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican of Kentucky, and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat of New York, and everyone kind of came to an agreement that we were not going to have any of these policy riders on spending bills, that if you wanted to deal with immigration reform, it needed to be a separate bill. If you wanted to deal with any of these issues that can potentially bog down any of the 12 appropriations process, they need to be handled independent of the spending bills. And so that is something that they stuck to very closely. And if the the politics of this kind of stays very far off to the side, I have a feeling that they could come up with an agreement. If left to their own devices, I feel like we could see legislative text this week. Absolutely. And I think the other thing to focus on, too, is that it is really kind of up to President Donald Trump as to whether he's going to settle for what Congress agrees upon. I think we have a good chance. We're going to work with the Democrats. We're going to see. Uh, and if we can't do that, then we'll do... Uh... Obviously, we're going to do the emergency. It's really up to the president, the Republican-controlled Senate, the Democratic-controlled House as to whether they're going to play nice, essentially, and decide to fund the government or if they're going to let disagreements allow the process to fall apart. And that is exactly what led us to a 35-day shutdown. Federal workers are now coming back to work after all this time off the job. I've talked to some some workers, you know, a, a bunch of different agencies, but some of them are worried just to come to work because they don't want to hear all the sad stories about the shutdown and how messed up everyone's finances got, how much stress they went through. That's making some people have difficulty come back on their first day. I mean, that's just one tiny shred of what happened as a result of all this. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Kelly. This thank has been you, great. Thank you, Thanks so much. And thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, NPR One, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter at CQNow or at RollCall. 